Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Thursday, August 13th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. The Xbox Series X is releasing in November, but we still don't know the exact release date. THQ Nordic's parent company, Embracer Group, acquired a bunch of studios, including 4A Games, the developer behind the Metro series, and Fall Guys continues to just absolutely take over the world. Xbox Series X is launching in November. We still don't know the exact release date for the Xbox Series X, but Microsoft has committed to a month, which is at least, you know, something. The Xbox Series X is launching in November, which is exciting to have a release window, but it's also not really that exciting at all because November was pretty much everyone's prediction anyway. It's it's really not too surprising. The month release window announcement comes on the heels of the announcement that Halo Infinite has been delayed into 2021. The blog post sharing the news is really focused on reiterating how many video games the Xbox Series X will be able to play at launch, which makes sense considering the fact that, arguably, the one big new game everyone was excited to play on Xbox Series X, it's not going to be there on day one. Here's an excerpt from the post credited to Will Tuttle, the Xbox Wire editor-in-chief. We have plenty to keep you busy until Chief arrives. There will be thousands of games to play spanning four generations when Xbox Series X launches globally this November and over 100 optimized for Xbox Series X titles built to take full advantage of our most powerful console are planned for this year. And with Brand new console features like hardware, accelerated, DirectX ray tracing, frame rates up to 120 frames per second, faster loading times, and quick resume for multiple games. Playing will look and feel better no matter which games you choose to play on day one. That full blog post is linked in the show notes, but it's honestly mostly known information. The big revelation is the November release window, but Otherwise, it is just reiterating just how backwards compatible the system is going to be, which is Microsoft's ace in the hole here. And even though it admittedly doesn't inspire a lot of excitement about future Xbox games, I do think it is a good pillar to lean on. It has affected my buying practices already to a certain degree. If I am looking to play an older game, like a last generation game or a game that is available on multiple platforms... I am buying it on Xbox with the intention to sort of future-proof my purchases. I will always play PlayStation and Nintendo exclusives on their platforms, but if I have a choice, I really do feel more confident about buying on Xbox because, you know, I feel confident, to use the same word again, about being able to play it on the next generation, which I suppose you could argue is Microsoft's long-term play here. So it's working on me, at least. THQ Nordic's parent company, Embracer Group, has acquired eight studios. This is one of those news stories that probably won't have a huge effect, especially in the short term from the you know perspective of the average consumer. 
buying games, but it is interesting and continually indicative that THQ Nordic and its parent company, Embracer Group, seem to have some kind of big long-term plan that appears to be working so far. Arguably, the biggest acquisition comes with 4A Games, the studio behind the Metro series. It was difficult to source this, but a resetter thread was passing around a tweet from at DarkDetectiveNL that shared a history timeline of 4A Games, and on that timeline, it says the developer is working on a new AAA title that the Twitter account, DarkDetectiveNL, believes is a new Metro game and a big multiplayer game is the other project they're working on, which is somewhat corroborated by the blog post announcing the acquisition, which reads, Embracer Group and Saber Interactive are the perfect partners for 4A games and for our next phase of growth. Together, we will continue to build on the Metro franchise and will focus on bringing a multiplayer experience to our fan base. We look forward to building a new and even more ambitious AAA IP in the near future. And that quote is credited to 4A Games CEO Dean Sharp. The blog post is linked in the show notes. In terms of the other acquisitions, they are studios I am less familiar with. Sola Media is an animation studio. Pow Wow Entertainment released a game called Miss Bits. Palindrome Interactive has a strategy game called Immortal Realms Vampire Wars coming out later this year. Rare Earth Games seems focused on making educational games for kids. Vermilla Studios has a horror game called Chrysal Theater of Idols. Decca Games is mostly focused on mobile games, and New World Interactive is the developer behind Insurgency Sandstorm, which is a well-liked, realistic military shooter. So, as of today, all those studios are under Embracer Games and THQ Nordic's umbrella. That is a lot of acquisitions in a short amount of time, which is impressive, but also makes you wonder what is being worked on here. As I said previously, the 4A acquisition is definitely the most interesting and the one with the most potential of turning out a big AAA experience, but all the other studios might have interesting secret products in the work too. There are definitely some long-term implications with all this, and I am curious to see what those will be. Fall Guys continues to post absurd player count numbers and is dipping its toe deeper into the crossover well. After boasting an impressive 2 million copies sold on Steam, Fall Guys is continuing to gain, well, you know, Steam, as some of its PlayStation 4 player numbers have surfaced, and it points to, potentially, around 8 million players having checked out the game on Sony's console. That statistic comes from Gamstat.com, which is a third-party website that tracks traffic on platforms like PlayStation 4. It's not official, and it's impossible to verify, but... According to the website, just over 8 million players have played the game on PlayStation 4, and it is the most popular in Central and South America, which I think is an interesting statistic. It is just absolutely insane how popular this game has become so quickly. Even if these stats are not entirely accurate, even if they only represent half the player count, it is still just incredibly impressive. In other Fall Guys news, Mediatonic has already reintroduced some minigames that were in the beta that didn't make it to the final game, and it is also lowering the frequency rate of the game Royal Fumble, which is good news because that game is not great. They've also addressed a bug I have seen shared a few times where grabbing the crown at Fall Mountain doesn't necessarily guarantee you a win, which is the world's biggest bummer. The worst example I have seen of this is a video getting shared around of someone being first to make it to the top of Fall Mountain, 
and then they jump literally on top of the crown. They're standing on it. And then they lose the win because the person behind them jumped and touched the side of the crown. So, you know, I, I'm watching this clip. I'm not even playing. And even I'm getting upset. It's, it's just infuriating to watch. So I am glad that that bug has been addressed. Along with those details, the official Fall Guys Twitter account shared a new crossover item that is available immediately on Steam. The game launched with a Gordon Freeman bean costume, but now you can dress up as the Scout from Team Fortress 2. I imagine this is just the starting line for these kinds of crossovers. In a recent interview with Minmax's Ben Hansen, hey, I know him, Fall Guys' senior designer Joe Walsh talked a little bit about these kinds of crossovers and shared excitement over those potential things, but also shared hesitancy over the less attractive crossover opportunities from interested parties like fast food chains, for example. He did mention Cyberpunk 2077 specifically, though, which is interesting. Whatever the future may hold for Fall Guys, they have certainly jumped into a full sprint at the gun and have had a lot of really impressive early success. Hopefully, they can capitalize on it in a big way. I am definitely rooting for them. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here's what released today, some other random things. Color Cross Malice Unlimited, which is stylized with a pair of hyphens on either side of the word Unlimited, is out today on Switch. It's a visual novel about a woman who has to wear a poisoned collar and... As near as I can tell, it is an expanded port of a well-liked Vita game that released in 2017. This version of the game adds a few bonuses and some other extras. Total War Saga Troy is out today on the Epic Games Store, and it is coming to Steam next year. As you have probably already assumed from the name, it's a Total War game. It's a real-time strategy series, and this one takes place during the Bronze Age and imagines the Trojan War. It's actually free for 24 hours on Epic Games Store. So if you're listening to this episode shortly after it released, you can still go and add that to your account. It will jump to $50 once that period expires. The Alto Collection is out today on the Epic Games Store, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. But it's worth noting that it won't be available on PlayStation 4 in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand until the 18th. It's an upgraded port that gathers two mobile games, Alto's Adventure and Alto's Odyssey, which are both very stylish, endless runners. I actually played Alto's Odyssey a fair bit on iPhone, but you know, as is the case with most endless runners, I just sort of hit a wall where I lost interest at a certain point. But it is an undeniably gorgeous game. I'm curious to see how it looks on a much bigger screen. So like I said, Alto's collection, it's out today. On Epic Game Store, it's actually free to download until August 20th, alongside Remnant from The Ashes 
which was also made free on the Epic Games Store starting today. I haven't played the final release of Remnant from the Ashes, but I played a lot of it in preview at Game Informer. I was impressed by what I played. I think the developer Gunfire Games is quietly one of those really talented developers that is releasing some really good games, but without a ton of fanfare. They're the studio behind Darksiders 3 and Kronos, the latter of which was an early third-person action game that was a launch title for Oculus Rift. Kronos, I would really like to see come to Oculus Quest at some point. I asked Gunfire when they brought Remnant from the Ashes to Game Informer if a Quest version of Kronos was in its future, and they certainly seemed open to it, but didn't seem to have any immediate plans. The second episode of the video game sitcom 3 out of 10 is also out today on Epic Games Store, and like the first episode, it is also free. It's called Foundation 101. I have not had a chance to try this game out, but I am curious about it. Final Fantasy VII HD, not the remake, but the HD port of the original game has been out for some time on Xbox One, but today marks it being added to Game Pass, which is pretty great. G.I. Joe Operation Blackout was leaked a few weeks ago thanks to a retail listing, but it has been officially announced today. It's a third-person shooter, optionally co-op, coming October 13th to Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC, based on the classic comic book and animated show version of G.I. Joe. I don't think it has any relation to the recent live-action films. I'm not sure where this factoid fits. I didn't give it its own dedicated segment, and it's not really a new release or a release date announcement, which is what I usually put here in the final segment, but Concerned Ape, the developer behind Stardew Valley, tweeted last night after clearing up a few issues about the game being temporarily removed from the European PlayStation Store. In update 1.5, you can move your bed. I'm not a big Stardew Valley player. That could just be a weird little silly update, or it could be a huge, long-requested update that is finally coming to the game. I'm honestly not sure, but I wanted to make sure that you were aware of it. That's it for gaming news today. I took my first step toward playing Creeks last night by buying it, and then I booted up Paper Mario while I was waiting for the download to complete, and basically immediately fell asleep. I really can't emphasize how slowly I am taking Paper Mario, the Origami King. It's absurd. I solved a single puzzle. I gave some dry bones a baseball in exchange for a bone to give to a chomp chomp so that I could bypass it. Talked to a toad who was previously unreachable because they were behind the chomp chomp. And then I basically passed out before the toad could even finish a full sentence. What I need to do is start playing the game right when I wake up rather than right before I go to sleep. Maybe I'll make some real progress if I do that. Got a correction here from at Space Shinji about Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne, which, you know, I, I kind of expected. I find that game and its lineage to be confusing, even though I do really like the way it looks and would like to play it. But anyway, at Space Shinji sent a tweet to the at Gaming Ride Home Twitter account and wrote, small correction for today's episode. You mentioned that SMT3 Nocturne HD is being based off the original Japanese release, but it's actually being based around the third release of Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne, Maniacs Chronicle. So there you go. I think we've learned today that Atlas has released um, too many different versions of this game, and they're, you know, getting ready to release another. I'm not complaining, but, you know, well, maybe I'm a little bit. It's too many. If you have corrections yourself or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, 
or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info and please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through something new. I played some Halo today. I think I'm going to play some more Halo tomorrow. It's been fun revisiting that game. You can also find me on the MinMax Show for more long-form video game discussions. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow.